One. Tell me, tell me where I'm going. I don't know where you've been. Tell me, tell me, won't you tell me and then tell me again. My heart is breaking, my body's aching, and I don't know where to go. So tell, tell me, tell me, won't you tell me? I just gotta know. Jordan, hi. There's so many things we need to know. Jordan, hi. There's so many things we gotta know, Jordan. Hi. Won't you tell me, please, before you go? Jordan, hi. Podcast. Hi. Podcast. <laughs> Seen it. Oh, no notes. <laughs> we started strong. <laughs> Uh, feel free to hit skip 15 seconds on any of that (laughs) send this one to your grandma she'll love it (laughs) Uh, welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast Uh, this is Gonzo this is Steve hey uh, Steve hey so any reason why we sang for so sticks for so long uh, as the intro song you know I feel like we should keep going and sing some more (laughs) sticks because Maybe. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the Lord. One of the best, coolest things that's ever happened in my life happened today. Yeah. So, many people don't know, but in 2003, Styx came out with an album called Cyclorama. Has a big floating carrot on the front. Super weird. But we've listened to that album and lots of the songs. Yeah. I have a lot. I think I have every song from that album on my playlist at work. And I'll be working on people and I'll say, hey... Did you know, like, this is Styx. Like, it came out with some random album. I know we went to the Styx concert when they came out with this, and they played, like, I, I know Alex was there. Like, it was like a, didn't they have, like, a super group at one point when it was Styx, like, Boston and Ario Speedwagon? Or there was something that they had, like, a, like people from, like, all the bands, like, a bunch of 80s bands put together, and they did, like, another album. Like, well, that was But I'm thinking, Yankees. like, 2000. Yankees? I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. But I'm thinking that was around like 2008 or 2009. You and I did go to Sticks Journey Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. And I have a sweet mustache (laughs) when we went. Um, I think I took you for your birthday. Yeah, you did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so they made this. So Sticks made this post like, hey, today's the 21st anniversary of this album. What's your favorite song on it? And I made a post like I commented and I just said, I still tell people how much I love this album. And then I made another comment that said, I love the cameo from Tenacious D. And I was like, oh, I like, thought I was really cool because I knew. If yeah. you listen to the very end of the album, they come on and are like, hey, it's us. It's the D. And then they <laughs> sing uh, the song called Kiss Your Ass Goodbye. Yeah. And so I made my comment. I look a little bit later and my comment had four likes. And I was like, cool. I wonder who liked it. And I looked and two of the likes were from one of the singers from Sticks and a different singer from Sticks, And then the singer... Or it's, uh, it's Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. Wow. And I was like, I'm so cool. <laughs> I have such great opinions. <laughs> okay, so my question is, do you think these guys... Like, I don't want to rain on your parade, but do you think these guys manage their own social media or do they have, like, a person doing their social media? I'm sure they don't. <laughs> however, however, so I looked them up and it is the legit people. Like, yeah. the Joe Elliott it's has, like, four and a half million yeah. followers. Like, um, but... One of them 
is like responding and making comments, like responding to a lot of the comments. And that makes me think that probably is him. But they didn't respond to my end. Oh. But I didn't see it. I don't see very many Joe Elliott likes. So like, I was just like, man, Def Leppard liked my comment about He's this. He's got it on, yeah, <laughs> on his phone. Got a notification. So I, I'm sure it was like some intern roadie. <laughs> I was just like in between shows, just clicking like on every post. But it made me feel cool because the only four was Tommy Shaw, Tommy Shaw, Joe Elliott, and I can't remember the other guy's name right now. So I screenshot it. I'm gonna share it with everybody, but. I texted you. I was like, who will appreciate this? Gonzo's is going to like this. <laughs> Gus is going to like this. Yeah, it was and, great. And uh, just made me feel really cool. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have I don't have very much. So it was uh James Young. James Young. Really yes. Guy. But yeah, I don't have anything. Yesterday I ran outside. It was the sun was shining. Got back outside and did, did a long run out there. Um felt good. Oh, so I'm for this episode. We're tonight. We're talking to uh, Liz Bradshaw. It is pretty heavy, so I'm just gonna say like a, a trigger warning. She talks about like a lot. We talk a lot about drug use, but there's also talk of sexual abuse in it. So death. Um, yeah, like it talks about death. So if these are sensitive subjects or trigger warning, there. Yeah, just be uh, careful. Yeah. If we're ready, let's let's do it. Let's uh, this is our conversation with Liz Bradshaw. Okay, cool. Well, Liz <laughs> Bradshaw. <good>. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's my good. accent. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, I'm excited. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. So, catch us up a little bit. What tell us about your last twenty years? Um, it has definitely been a whirlwind. Um, I had a baby right out of high school. I got pregnant when I was 18, had him when I was 19. I placed him for adoption. It was an open adoption. I met him a couple years ago when he was 15 for the first time, and that was pretty cool. He's now 19, and he's in college. So, wow, it's weird that I have a 19-year-old child. Um, <laughs> do you have like a Do you have a relationship with him in his older years now? Kind of. So, when I met him. I was in a really toxic relationship. Um, I'd been with that guy for a, a couple years and he, he was, he was crazy. So when we broke up, he actually hacked into my Facebook and started posting all these horrible, horrible things about me and just about my past and his, my son's mom and his older brother actually saw all of that. Um, so my son in turn, obviously, was like, okay, well, I don't want anything to do with you. But now, he'll message me on Facebook every once in a while and ask me how I'm doing. But that's that's the extent of it for now. But I'm obviously not in that relationship anymore, so I'm in a much better situation. It's not, it's not toxic. It's not anything like that. So we kind of have a relationship, and I'm hoping it gets better um, just because he is my first, and I would like to watch him succeed. I mean, I'm very proud of how far he's come. I mean, he graduated, or he got done with his schoolwork a couple months before graduation last year. So, that definitely did not come for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, awesome. Well, for him. that's awesome, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I, um, I had another baby, and I had him for almost two years, and I lost him to the state of Utah. Um, so, that's definitely been something that I've been dealing with over the last, that was in 2013, so... 
I've definitely, I've, I've lived, I have lived life since high school for sure. But I feel like I've come a long way. I've been a CNA for 12 years. Um, that's part of the reason I have such a hard time planning things because I work weird hours. I want to, I'm hoping to be in nursing school by June of this year. Oh, wow. That is, that is my goal is to become a nurse. So, yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. I mean, yeah. Thanks. So y'all, are you all ready? Like you're all applied and ready to get in or just going no, through those a, I steps right now? Yet. It's, we're trying to figure out finances. Me and my boyfriend, we are renting a house. Our lease is up in a couple months and we're hoping to buy in May. So that's, that's our first, that's our first step. And then we'll, we'll reevaluate and see where we go from there. So, but my ultimate goal is to be in school by the end of the, by the end of this year at the latest. Cause I'm, I'm almost or almost 39. So, I, it's time. <laughs> it's definitely time to move on. The yeah. physical aspect and the hours of being a CNA are just really tough. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do for a long time, especially. Yeah. And I work doubles, so that's even worse. Well, for 12 years, yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. It's really rough. I've just been doing my thing and trying to make myself a better person. And I feel like I've come a long way, especially since high school. I was definitely a problem child. Yeah. So tell us about who you were, how you saw yourself back then, who was uh, Liz in high school. I thought I was invincible. I thought I had everything figured out. I thought that I was ready to go out and be on my own and be an adult and just make all these, you know, life-changing decisions. And it definitely knocked me down a few pegs. I was, I, I was on drugs for a while. I, um, I was addicted to meth for a few years. I got clean, and then I went back and relapsed twice. Um, it'll be how long will it be that I've been clean? Four years or three years this year since I've been clean off meth. Almost. It'll be three years in December of this year that I've been clean. Good for you. So, yeah, I've I definitely in high school thought I knew everything. I thought I had. I was I was just ready. I was ready to be on my own, be an adult, you know, make all these decisions. I definitely wish that things have been had been different, but at the same time, I don't just because I feel like it's definitely made me who I am today. So yeah, I I would definitely go back and graduate though, like walk with our class for sure. I wasn't able to do that. I had to graduate from South Point a year after we walked. So that's probably the only thing I would go back and change is the ability to graduate with our class and walk. So what were you... What were you spending your time doing? Like, what was important to you at that time? Boys. 100% boys. That's all I was worried about was boys. (laughs) (laughs) And and how'd you get into, like, drugs? How did that start? Um, A boyfriend of mine. I met him when I was 20. And we were, I guess he had done it before. He was older. He was much older than me. And he just, he asked me if I wanted to try meth. And I said, sure. And went down that rabbit hole for a while. Wow. So is that where the complications come in with the state, like taking your, your second child? Uh, no. So I had him back in 2013 and I was dating a guy and my, he sexually molested my son. Um, so when I had, so I had come home from work one night. And I was giving my son a bath, and I noticed that he had a ton of bruises all over him. 
so I took him into Instacare or into PB, uh, in like Instacare and they counted 37 bruises on my son. So they said, by law, we have to legally call the police. And I said, that's fine. I understand. So I took him down to primaries and there, there was police officers and, you know, CPS and DCFS. And it was just, it was a shit show. And then he, the, my boyfriend at the time, the one that molested him, told DCFS and CPS that he was a sex offender and that I knew about it and I had no idea. So they, you know, they issued a warrant to remove my son from my custody, put me all through the hoops, everything else. The boyfriend never admitted to it. He like eluded the police for the whole situation and wouldn't, he refused to talk to them. Well, he got put in prison for an unrelated charge and the state of Utah put a protective order against him. And then he started writing me from prison and I was confused. I didn't have really any support and I didn't know what to do. So I gave the letters to my caseworker. She opened every one of them and told the judge that I was responding to him. So I basically was forced to relinquish my parental rights. To my son. I'm yeah. sorry. That's, that's so hard. Yeah. It was rough. It was really, really, really rough. So after that, I went to a spiral. Um, I started drinking I quit my job. I'd been at my job for almost four years. And then I just, yeah, I drank heavy for, I don't know, two years after that. And then I met Kenneth, my ex. And that's who got me back into, well, not him, but like the situation. And I didn't, I didn't go as hard as I did the first time when I was into it. I, it was, it was more of like a recreational thing, I guess. I don't know how to put it, but it'll actually be four years this year that I've been clean. But, um, yeah, I've, I've definitely had, I don't want to say I've had a crappy life because that's just like playing the victim and, you know, poor pity me and stuff. I, I've had a rough life, yes. But, like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad for the experiences because it's put me where I'm at and I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. How is, like, how have these experiences changed you? I know you, you keep saying you've been clean, so obviously a big change has been getting off drugs and, and right. getting clean. How, how else have you changed? Um, I feel I'm a better person. I, I mean, I feel like I've always been a, a pretty decent human, right? I don't think I've ever been this horrible human being, but I've also, it's also opened my eyes and made me realize, realize that I don't have it as rough as I thought I did. And I, I, I feel like I'm more empathetic towards other people that are going through hard times and don't know how to deal with it because I've been there. I, I've been in the, the pit of despair, I guess, where I don't know how to get up and get on with my life and just move on and be better. So I feel like it's just made me, I guess, more empathetic and more understanding to other people's situations. So, yeah. So you said you've had a couple of times where you, you've kind of come clean and then you relapse. What, what was it that got you to, to stop like this last time or what, what events caused you to say, this is enough and I want to make this change? I watched one of my really good friends die this last time. I watched her die in front of me. So, yeah, that kind of did it for me. It's like a wake-up call? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. But I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm clean. I'm glad that I'm in a better spot. I'm very grateful for being where I'm at. Absolutely. So, yeah. What are your what are your big lessons? You've said empathy, so you've as you've gotten older, you become more empathetic. What else, what else have you learned? 
not take life for granted, um, and just to kind of take a step back and, I guess, be grateful for what I do have, and not try to take too much on at a time. Because I've noticed that if I do, it, it's it's really stressful. So, just kind of take it one day at a time and figure it out as you go, I guess, right? I mean, it's always good to have goals, and but I've, I've also realized that if I try to have too many goals, that I won't ever try to achieve any of them. So, yeah. Yeah. What was it that wanted you to, to become a CNA and get into that? Um, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I... I'd gotten my phlebotomy certification first. Um, I worked as a phlebotomist for about a year. And then about halfway through that, I was like, I want to try my CNA. So my parents helped me get my CNA certification. And I swiftly regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But here I am, 12 years later. I've I've stepped away and taken breaks before. um, But I always go back. I feel like the... I've tried other jobs and I don't feel like I've accomplished anything at my, at the end of my shift at, at like other jobs, but being a CNA, I just have, I've, I've, I've always had a huge heart. I've always cared about people and I've always wanted to help people. Um, and I feel like being a CNA, it, it, that's like the best way. I mean, I get super close to my residents, you know, I get to spend time with them and really get to know them. So at this point, it's just because I love I love helping people. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> very hard, but keep going back. So I guess I'm stuck. <laughs> well, it seems like these CNAs are so important in, the, in the, the role that they play in the caregiving, but it also feels like it probably can feel really thankless at times. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know. Some, some of the things that you get to do, I don't know, I, both of my, both of my grandmas are in, in homes and they have people taking care of them and the things that I hear and the things that I see, it just seems like it, it can be really thankless, right? Like you're doing a lot of work and you're helping people do a lot of things they just can't do themselves, but might not always get the recognition for what you're actually oh, we doing. We get one, we get one week a year where we get appreciated. And we get, like, a pen or a t-shirt. <laughs> we don't, I mean, we don't. I mean, even nurses don't get recognized like they should. It's, it sucks. And the pay is shit. The pay sucks. But, I mean, I obviously I'm not in it for the pay. But, um, it's hard. I'm, I'm very grateful for this. So, I currently work for an agency, so I go to different facilities. Um, which is nice, because if I don't like it, I don't have to go back. But the facility that I'm currently at, I, I feel appreciated just because I think it's because they need us so bad and are so desperate that they know if they don't tell us thank you or show us that we're appreciated, we know they know that we can leave. So maybe that's the wrong reason, but it's nice to at least give a thank you every once in a while. So, And I love the residents where I'm at. They're amazing. So it, makes it, it definitely makes it easier to go back. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you found um, new passions as in the last 20 years? Something that you've, you know, it sounds like taking care of people and helping people have been um, something that, you, that has been attractive to you. Have you found other passions in the, um, in the last 20 years? I honestly don't. I can't think of any. 
I think I've just been so focused on trying to make my life better and getting to a better spot, not only mentally, but physically. Um, I think I've just kind of lost track of that. Yeah. I have, however, uh, me and my boyfriend have started hiking. So that, I guess that could be a passion, just physical, a physical passion, I guess. Yeah. Going out and hiking and being out. Like we went camping with the Tamla. I mean, I love I love camping. I've always loved camping and boating. But during the winter, yeah, no, I I don't go outside during the winter unless I have to. <laughs> it's too cold. I know it's hard, and I and I hate it. So, but during the summer, I so I guess I do have some passion in the summer. Yeah, definitely hiking and camping and stuff like that are a couple of my favorites for sure. That's awesome. That's great. I love camping. Can I can I ask you a few more questions as someone sure. you're really just naive to like, yeah. people that do meth and get addicted to these things? Sure. How how can I be more? Like, I don't know. How can I help people? Like how could I? I don't know much about that. I don't know much about how how people get into it. What's right? How how can we? How can I help someone? I guess if I see that someone might be going through this, um, just be there for them. So I'm going to tell you something, drug addict. Nine times out of ten, if they're not ready to get help, they're not going to get help. Or they'll tell you they're ready. Like, if they feel like they're being backed into a corner, and then they'll they'll give in and say that they're ready, and then they'll go get clean or whatever, but they'll go right back to it. So just be there. Just be there for them. Just be their support. Be their friend. Let them know that you're there, but don't push them to get clean. Like, they'll get clean when they want, if they, if they decide to. If they don't, then, unfortunately, that's just usually how it is. Which sucks, because I wish that everybody would get clean and drugs would just disappear, right? But, I mean, that's just not how our world works. Especially with all these new drugs, all this fentanyl crap. But, yeah, just be there for them. Just, just understand, you know, hey, they're having, you know, they have an addiction, they're struggling. Um, and just let them know that, they, that, that you're there. Because a lot of us feel alone, especially, like, in the, like, in the depth of it. So... Well, it seems like it could be a really lonely space where oh, it it, I mean, if you're in that, in the depths of it, I imagine your family and loved ones have a hard time having you around. My parents didn't know I was on that. They never knew. They never knew. Ever. I was a functioning meth head. So I'd get high. I'd go to work. I worked at the call center. I'd go to work. I'd get high, go to work, come home. I would take... Two Xanax, an Ambien, and a melatonin. I would make my, I would force myself to eat, and I would go to bed. I did that for two and a half years. The first time. Do you have any memories from that period? No, none, none. I remember. I do remember me and my boyfriend would fight a lot when we, when he would go buy more, and I knew we didn't have money. That was it. That's about it. That and he was he was a really big asshole when he was high. Very, very mentally and emotionally abusive to me. So yeah. Huh. It, was rough, it was a rough time. It was a really rough time. Is it what's the experience like for you then? Because you just said, you know, you got your um your lease is coming up, you're planning on buying a house in May. Uh you've been clean for four years now. Looking back to when you're in the depths of it to now, what is the contrast? What's the biggest difference to you? Probably my outlook on life, honestly. 
I know that I have something to live for. Like, yeah, I don't have custody of my kids, but I know that they're out there, and I want them to be proud of me if they ever come around. Like, if they ever want to know me, I want them to be proud of me. And then I have my boyfriend's step, I have my boyfriend's girls, and they look up to me. And I don't want to let them down either. I don't think I could ever, I don't think I could imagine myself ever letting his kids down. Ever. And, so, yeah. And what's the process of getting clean look like? You know, you, you mentioned you have your debt, your friend die. And that's kind of like a big wake-up call. Yeah. But, I mean, you still have this addiction. So, what's what's it look like getting clean? But, like, what's the process? Um, so, I've always struggled really bad with mental health. I have severe anxiety, severe depression. Um, uh, now, I've learned a few coping mechanisms with my therapist. But I'm also finally on, like, the right kind of medications for, like, anxiety and stuff. And then I just... I mean, I, I honestly, if I were to ever go back to it, it would probably kill me at this point. Honestly, it would, I would, I, I feel like I've heard, if I ever went to get high, it would kill me the first time. And if not kill me, it would make me a vegetable. But my biggest thing is my stepkids and my two boys. I don't want to do that ever again to anybody. I mean, I guess my boyfriend too, but his kids matter more. So. <laughs> 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 but yeah, honestly, it's just the whole point of the whole thing of me being, I want to, I, I want to live. I want to live in the moment. I want to enjoy life. I don't want to have to worry about where I'm going to get my next fix or how I'm going to get the money for, you know, for drugs or whatever. It's just, it, uh, there's just a lot of different things. It's just, it's not as stressful to be clean. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about waking up and wanting to get high. I have to worry, you know, wake up and worry about going to work for 16 hours instead, you know. So, I mean, I would rather worry about that at this point. And then, like I said, my stepkids and my two boys. Right. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's crazy. I mean, good for you. I just, I'm just, we're having a conversation, we're talking, but in the back of my mind, I'm just processing all of it and how, like, the things that you've seen and you've experienced in the last 20 years is just, man... That's a lot, you know, like, like you kind of started by saying like, you've had a lot of experiences and a lot of experience and things that happen. And, and it's true. Like the things that I you've gone through. I probably write an autobiography and become a millionaire <laughs> with all of my experiences in high school. Man, I'm just really happy for you, for where you're at right now and the changes you've made. And I, I don't know. I just think anyone that's been able to be where you were get through it, get clean and get to where you are now. I just, I, I always just want to say props, like good for you. I'm proud of you. I think that's really, really awesome. And I hope that you can just stay on the path and keep getting, you know, I, I love that the motivation that you have is, is the girls and your boys. And yeah. I just hope that that just keeps getting better and better. And then your motivations grow to more, more and more. Like your world just keeps growing. Right. Yeah, it will. I'm gonna, I, it, has, it has to at this point. I can't, I can't stop. I feel like I've come way too far in the last 20 years to just regress and just not get anywhere at this point. So, yeah. Do you have anything I'm else? Almost, I'm almost 40, guys. I can't. I can't <laughs> back to We're all so the same age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> 
So do you I have, used to look at people our age and be like, oh my god, you're so old. And now I'm like, oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> yeah, we're there. We're, we're there with them. You know what, but we don't feel old. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> Most oh, of the I time. Do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 39 years, you probably, you've had like a couple of lifetimes of, 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 of right. experiences. Yeah. I've definitely had a couple of lifetimes in 39 years for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything um, on the on the horizon, like any goals, uh, things that you want in the near future coming up? Just nursing school at this point. I think that's a pretty big one. It's going to be a lot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on that for the next couple of years. Is nursing school? Will there be any complications you think in the application process because of your past? No. Um, so I do have. I mean, I have a misdemeanor on my record, um, but it was back in like 2008. So I'm. Since COVID, everything's been, like, backed up, like, getting things expunged off your off your record. Um, but once I apply to get that expunged, they'll take it right off because it's been so long. But other than that, no. I never I never got put in jail for it. I never... Well, I guess I just mean, like, are there red flags or things on on their end where it's, like, getting into nursing because of the, the past that you have with that? Would that cause any problems getting in? Or like, as an addict? Yeah, it just has an addict. No, I don't think so. Because I was never, pills were never my problem. Okay. I know, you know, I know people have problem, you know, pill problems, which is understandable. But yeah, I, pills were never my issue. I mean, I've been a med tech. I mean, I, I'm always around, you know, pills. And that, that's never, that has never been a problem for me. It was always just the med. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I don't, I think everything will work out. Cool. We'll get my nursing. So, yeah. That'll be awesome. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. It's rough. I've, I've, I've heard four stories of nursing school, but I think I can handle it. <laughs> no, I'm sure you can. It'll be great. You'll do good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> excited. So, yeah. So, but, do we do we have any beef, or do you have any beef you want to hash out? I'm like, I don't know. I, I honestly think I got along with everybody in high school. <laughs> I don't remember hating anybody. No. Mm, Brandon McCoy. Wasn't that his last name? That sounds familiar. Brandon McCoy. He got me roses. I think it was in 10th grade. Either ninth or tenth grade, he got me roses for Valentine's Day, and it went and got another girlfriend like a week later, and I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I bought him deodorant for that year. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's like the only thing that sticks out is Brandon McCoy getting me roses, and then breaking up with me a week later. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe he'll send in an apology. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get Rosa. No. <laughs> oh, he comes you? up to me on the twenty year and gives me Rosa. Like, yeah, no, if you can show trash. up at the, the twenty year reunion know, in like four trick. months. That's so funny. Do you have any any stories or memories or anything that you'd want to share? I just remember hanging out on the stairs at the front by the front door with everybody. That and then in like the the big courtyard thing inside, like yeah, the common like, yeah. right, the common area, yeah, the common. 
I just, I just remember every morning we would always, everybody would just like congregate and we'd all sit and talk before class. And then we'd all just sit there during lunch. I miss high school. I really do. I wish I was more present and not slapping all the time senior year. Yeah. <laughs> next time. <laughs> next time. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Um, yeah, just hanging out with like Lindsay and I remember Jeannie. I miss Jeannie so much. Hanging out with you guys, Blake Wheeler, Lisa, the two Lisas, uh, Melissa, who loves Landon, Dallas. Just all hanging out. And I miss the talent shows we used to have. Those were fun. All the choir performances, stuff like that. Yeah. Is there something you'd like to promote or something, uh, anything else that you'd like to talk about or you want people to know? Um, I'm just, I'm, and this is going to sound cheesy, but I'm proud of how, how far everybody's come. I'm, a, I'm friends with a few people on Facebook from, from school still. And I, it, it's cool just to see how we've all grown and how far we've all come. You know, we all have families, we have kids. I mean, I'm just, I'm proud of everybody. I really am. I'm happy. I'm happy that we've all come this far and that we're all still okay and that we're going and, and we're not stopping. And I think that's pretty cool that all of us have made it this far. And we'll always, I will always remember the ones that didn't. You know, all the people we've lost from our class. And yeah, but I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of everybody. I really am. Well, awesome. And, cool and we're proud cool of you too. Thanks. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Really? Yeah. It's been it's been a whirlwind the last twenty years, but I'm here to say I made it, and I think that's all that matters. Here's to the next twenty. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> 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 yes, here's here's to the next twenty years. There you go. Yeah, it was good to talk to you guys, though. Oh yeah, it's really good to talk to you. Yeah, we've yeah. had like a few uh, back and forth through, you know, just through Facebook or whatever as well yeah. as we've done the pot and cuts. But it's it's really nice to sit down and really nice to see you and talk to you and and, and yeah. hear your story and yeah. being so open. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's got to be first. It's got to be kind of scary just getting pregnant at like nineteen. You know. Well, um, so I was. I do you guys remember James Carlson? Uh, no, but go ahead. Tell the story anyway. Probably. Anyway, so he, I married his uncle right after high school. And, yeah. And then I went and I had an affair and I got pregnant that way. Dang. Was James's <laughs> uncle, like... He was in his 40s. He was in his 40s? Dang. So, how did... He's okay. 60. So, you're dropping a how big bomb, like, like, towards 60, the end. But how like are you marrying a 40-year-old, like, in... <laughs> like right out of high school. How'd you even meet a 40 year old? Through James. I met him through James and Tanya and everybody else. Tanya Bendowski? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I got married and then I got pregnant. Okay, my so. Me out. My, parent, my parents kicked me out. I went and I stayed with a couple that they were a potential adoptive couple through LDS Services. And then I placed my son for adoption, and he was born in December of 2004. Or uh, 2000, was it 2000. Yeah, 2004. So I was pregnant while you guys, like, when we were supposed to graduate. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was super scary, though. I didn't know what to do. 
mean, yeah. And then it was rough. So the, and then you guys, uh, how long were you married for? Like a year. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't long. Obviously, no, not at all, not at all. But yeah, he's my son is six foot one. He's being told he plays volleyball. Him and his all all of his siblings. So it was pretty cool. So. The couple that adopted him, adopted him were told that they couldn't have kids. So they adopted a boy before my son, and his name is Jerem. He's African-American. And then they had my son, and he's half white and half Hispanic. And then when my son was six months old, they found out that they were pregnant with their own. So wow. they have two of their own and then two adopted kids. And they are a beautiful family. Beautiful family. They're all tall. All of their kids play volleyball cool so when we met we had everybody come to my to my parents house and we just had like a barbecue type thing hmm. and it was cool it was pretty surreal to actually see my son 15 years after i'd given him up given him up for adoption he actually because his mom will send us she sends like like letters every christmas just like updating us in the family yeah. and he wrote the year before we met or the christmas before we met he wrote his own little like note and asked if i wanted to meet him so yeah it was pretty cool when you got that note, was there like, heck yes, or was it like anxiety? Like, I don't know. Like, what was that feeling that you had when he asked? Um, I was super excited at first. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is happening. Like, I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, Jackson wants to meet me. And she's like, oh my gosh, do it. She's like, yes, I want to meet my grandson. I want to see my grandson. I was like, perfect. So we coordinated everything. And a couple days before it all happened, I was freaking out. I was like, what if he doesn't like me? What if it's awkward? Like, because I had the relationship with his mom and dad, because we would write back and forth, email back and forth, stuff like stuff like that. But I never talked to him, so it was it went it went pretty smooth though. It was a pretty it was a pretty cool experience. I have a couple pictures, but yeah, he I didn't realize how much he looked like me until I actually saw him in person. <laughs> but he is a spitting image of his mother. Except for the height. I mean, I'm I'm five nine, but he's six one, so he's a little taller than I am. Yeah, and he's much skinnier than I am. So <laughs> wait till he's forty. <laughs> right. Let life hit him a couple times. That's no, right. he's a good kid. He's a good kid. I didn't think he struggled through school like I did, and I honestly didn't think he would graduate. And I know that's probably horrible expectations on my end, but. And then he went to Indib, I think it's called Independence High in Provo. It's like an alternative school down there. And he finished his coursework in February of last year and then graduated in June. And I think he, I think he graduated, I think his mom told me he graduated with like a 3.8. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where you got that from because you didn't get it from me. <laughs> but now he's in college at BYU and he loves it. So. That's awesome. I'm a proud mom. Definitely a proud mom. So I hope he comes around. And I know he's just he you know, he's he's a teenager, he's trying to figure life out. And I, I, I know he'll eventually come back around. I'm just waiting, you know. I'll be here when he's ready. Yeah. So Yep. Very cool. Well Liz, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for coming on and chatting with us. Yeah. It's been it has been really nice to talk to you. For sure. And I'll see you guys in June, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we'll be there. Perfect. Yeah, won't miss it for anything. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm excited to see everybody and just catch up. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be fun. Thank you okay. so much. It's great to Thanks, see you. Guys. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. You too. Good night, Liz. Bye.
Bye. Bye. So Gonzo. Yes, Steve. We just finished talking to Liz. What are your thoughts? Man, she had like she's had a crazy life. Like the obviously the meth stuff is like the craziest because it sounds like first that's a pretty like that's that's a pretty hard thing to like your boyfriend's like hey you want to try this meth like you know you it's kind of like classic after school after school special styles like <laughs> trying the dare <laughs> program was actually yeah. right <laughs> right like yeah a straight up dare program uh just say no type situation happening there um that was nuts um I'm, I'm really happy that she's done what she needs to do to get clean. Um, and I know that's like, you know, that's what, kind of what I was asking her. Like, what, what's your process? Because it, it is a lifelong struggle. And I think you were also asking about, okay, how does that work with nursing? You're around this medication. And once it's like once you're an addict, you have to be on top of that the rest of your life once you're clean, right? Um, so I, that was that was really interesting. Crazy. Like, the, some of the stuff, you can't make it up. Like, you, you're in in high school or, like, right. Yeah, she marries a 40-year-old. She's 18, but she was still, like, a senior, I guess. And, like, because then she said she got pregnant. And she was pregnant towards the end of the year. But that was pregnant from, like, a different guy. It's, like, lots of soap opera, soap opera style yeah. stuff going on here. Um, but, and then, and, and it's, like, there's... A, ton to unpack because then this whole thing with her other son and sexual abuse it's super sad obviously happened with the caseworker and whatever she was saying about the letters and things like that yeah yeah like any one of those things that she talked about would be like a big huge thing and she had multiple happening yeah so it's obviously yeah it's a it's been a crazy life for her I'm happy to hear that she's kind of on an upward path. Like obviously she works a really hard job, but she's continually working on bettering herself saying, Hey, I'm trying to do things that are good for my body. My boyfriend and I go hiking. So that stuff is, is all really great. So it's happy. I'm happy to see that she's, she's have she's had a really hard life and some really hard things happen to her, but she's moving towards a positive direction. Well, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like she's hopeful. Yeah. You know, like four years ago, she wouldn't have thought that she's trying to get into nursing school and buy a home. And I I do, maybe we can reach out or, hey, Liz, like, to answer your question, like, what does that process actually look like? Literally, you see your friend die and you think, I got to stop doing this. What does it look like to get clean? What is the process? What do you, like, what, is, what are the withdrawals like? Who's helping you through that? Because... I asked the question, like, I don't, I don't know anyone within my really close circle that's going through that, but I'd love to, if that comes up, because I think it's a bigger problem than we realize. No. Yeah. And like, how I think I drug use overall. Yeah. 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 And I just, I don't know. I guess I would just love to help in a constructive, supportive way. If that, you know, if and or when that situation arises. Yeah, but I think what she was saying too is like, hey, you can't force someone to get clean. Well, that's you know, I mean. so it's like yeah. what, I think what what you can do is is 
be there, let them know that you love and care about them without enabling. I like you, the, but I'd love you more if you didn't do drugs. And yeah, push exactly. Them into or like, or like, hey, just like I love you. And I'm always here for you, but I, I see that this is hurtful, or like, mm-hmm. you know, I see this thing, and I don't know because it's the other thing too. Is she's saying like you, you back, um, you back someone into a corner, and they're not gonna. Um, it has to be their choice. Yeah, so it has to be their choice. So it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, and and, I, and we've talked to a few people kind of like that have had similar situation. I remember talking to like, when Adrian. we were talking to, to Adrian, but we were talking to even like going back to like uh, Jessica Carbine oh. and we were asking her like, okay, someone's in a really bad relationship. You're their sister, their brother. What do you, what do you do? And she's just like, I don't know. You know, it's just like, just be there and love them. But, but which is kind of like an answer and a non-answer answer. Right. Cause, it's, and it's kind of the same thing because it has to like, Hey, just let you know that I'm open and I support you. But I don't think, I don't know if there's like, you can't hog tie them and take them to like rehab or whatever. You know what I mean? Because people have to like physically want to go there. I, I guess it, my question wasn't as much as how do I help you get clean as much as how can I help you in the right way? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That is. And how can I be supportive? And I, it's probably different. And we always get those same answers. We always get like, be there, love them, you know, just mm-hmm. be, you know, just love them unconditionally. And yeah, love, love is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All you need answer. is love. <laughs> John Lennon knew. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a heavy. I'll definitely put in a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, but yeah, because she talks a lot about a, a lot about a hit. She talks a lot about heavy things. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I realize that as we're talking, because I think sometimes some of these conversations get pretty heavy, and we're just talking, like asking more questions. But yeah, I just it hit me in the middle, like oh my gosh, as as soon as she started talking, I'm like, this is a lot of stuff, and it's just. One thing after another, after another. Yeah. My goodness. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad she was open and she was really willing to answer. Just, but I loved it. I, I think it was, a. if anything else, it, it goes with the theme of you have no idea what someone is or has gone through unless you ask them. And I think yeah. that just, if we just follow that rule, like just treat someone like, like something's going on or treat people with kindness because you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And she just had a, a big smile on her face and it was, yeah. it was really nice to see her, but you would, I mean, you would never know. Yeah. It's crazy. And everybody is, yeah. Just like, just like you said, people are all battling silent battles. Yeah. It, so if you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email. JordanHigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And this has been another episode. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.